Good morning. A chance to meet you. I see some new faces, and so welcome. We really are glad to have you worship together with us. May your Christmas be full and of, of life and memories, and of, especially of God's presence. You know, Julie and I were married in August of 2001, so it's the summer. And after getting back from our honeymoon, we spent time opening up our wedding gifts since, you know, you find the usual housewares and gift cards. But one expected gift that we opened was a crystal ornament. It was a crystal Christmas ornament. And remember, we were married in 2001. This was a Christmas crystal ornament labeled 2000. (laughs) Definitely not a re-gift, right? You know, another gift that we received for our wedding was also an unexpected one. One of our church members uh, owned a furniture importing business, and so they asked us before the wedding, it's like, oh, we'd like to give you a CD case. And I was like, oh, that's kind of strange, but uh, what color would you like? And we're like, in our mind, we thought of this, you know, those classic CD cases that, you know, rotate. I was like, oh, I don't know if we want one of those, but <laughs> we'll say white. But what ended up coming was this. It was a beautiful kind of antique wooden set of drawers. And we still have it, actually. And we took it all the way from Vancouver to DC, and it's sitting in our dining room. You know, it continues to serve us well. You know, we often receive unexpected gifts. Some of those are unexpectedly bad, but some of them are unexpectedly good. As we approach Christmas in this Advent season, we have the opportunity to reflect on one particular unexpected gift. It's the greatest gift to humankind, the gift of relationship and the gift of God's presence in our midst, as we've been singing this morning. The news of Jesus' arrival signals an unexpected gift in the lives of Mary and Elizabeth. When we hear the joy of these two mothers-to-be in Luke's gospel, as Jeannie just read for us, their joy goes beyond just a long-awaited pregnancy that is about to happen. The gift of John the Baptist to Elizabeth and Zechariah isn't just a gift for them as aging parents who are way past the possibility of bearing children. John, we find, is in fact a gift for the world in preparing the way for Jesus as the Messiah. And for Mary, the gift of the Christ child was not just a gift of parenthood. In fact, Mary probably wasn't even thinking of getting pregnant at the time. She was newly betrothed to Joseph, kind of like a very serious engagement that could never, couldn't be broken off with, without significant consequences. So she would have had not been thinking about getting, mar- uh, getting pregnant. She was thinking about getting married. And she wouldn't have been thinking about starting a family. But the arrival of Jesus in Mary's teenage life turns out to be a gift for the whole world. And she is overwhelmed with joy. The words of Mary in her song, in the verses we heard, don't convey the anxiety of an unwed teenage mother. I think that would be expected, right? But if you read these words and you hear them read, In her song, we get a sense of deep confidence in God. 
Her recognition of the gift of God has, has far eclipsed the challenges of her present circumstance. That's no small feat, considering being a young, unwed mother, parent in her time was far more debilitating socially than it would be now. She doesn't have access to social services like we would have now, but she does have a supportive family member in Elizabeth with whom she stays for three months. And the two of them share this season of delight of this coming gift. In fact, even John the Baptist, we're told, leaps for joy within the womb of Elizabeth. But what was the source of their joy? It wasn't simply in parenthood. It was their collective hope with thousands and generations of people waiting for God to do what was promised to the earliest ancestors, that the God of Abraham would do what he had promised. The living God would arrive and declare victory over bullies, over power brokers and forces of evil in the world that kept Israel, and in fact all of humanity, from living in true freedom. They were waiting for this rescuer to come and to rescue Israel from the tyranny of oppression. For Mary and for Elizabeth. Like the, the rest of the, like the people of Israel, their hope was for someone to come and make things right in their world, as Karen mentioned earlier. In her song, Mary speaks of how this child she carries will scatter the proud in verse 51, will fill the hungry with good things in 53, and remember the mercy he has upon his people in 54. The one she carries is Jesus, who comes to upset the current order of injustice with his righteousness. What is his righteousness? It's just another way of saying to set things right again. In another song that we often sing at Christmas time, O Little Town of Bethlehem, the lyrics declare the hopes and fears of all of our years are met in thee tonight. The hopes and fears of all past generations and even our hopes and fears now are met in the arrival of this baby in our world. Jesus' arrival signals that God has not forgotten his people. He has heard their cries And that is the source of Elizabeth and Mary's joy. And you may be here today, you're a skeptic, thinking, I don't know if all this Jesus stuff makes sense. Why do the proud, if Jesus is really real, why do the proud still seem to benefit? And why do the hungry and the forgotten still seem to suffer around us? Just a quick browse of the news, and we see how our world is filled with favor for those who are proud and unjust. Economies are tanking. Alliances around the world are fraying. And governments are shutting down. Perhaps the Christmas season is a time when you feel particularly hungry or forgotten yourself. Time with family and friends may be fraught with unresolved tensions. I think it's a fair question to ask how Jesus' arrival has anything to do with us now. But take a step back and consider Consider what Mary really had to be thankful for. It was news of this gift that resulted in her ebullient song coming forth. What gave Mary this sense of hope and joy to say, 
from now on, in verse 48 and 49, from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. What has the Mighty One really done for her at that moment? Not much, except given her morning sickness. Jesus hadn't even been born yet, but Mary responds with joy and faith, simply in the news of this gift. The arrival of Jesus 2,000 years ago doesn't mean the arrival of all things being set right, right now. But what it does mean is that God is able, and he is willing to set things right in our world. In Jesus' first arrival into our midst, he comes to set things right in the most broken part of our existence. The relationship between humanity and with God. The biblical story is one that describes how what, what happens to people when they choose to walk their own path independently from God. The path of independence is what causes suffering and oppression because we think of ourselves to be more capable than the living God to solve our own problems and the problems around us. It's what the scripture calls sin. So the unexpected gift that God gives us is a restored relationship with himself and through himself. Jesus, the son of God, goes to the cross making all things right between us and God by overcoming the power and curse of sin over us. He has been faithful in the past, and he is faithful now, and he will be faithful when he comes once again. So when we look at the story of Mary and Elizabeth, we can be encouraged, and we can hope, and we can say, as we've been singing today, God, you are with us. Help us to remember the beauty of this truth, and help us to remember that you are coming once again. And wherever you are at in your relationship with Jesus, that we can find our delight in him. And maybe in these coming few days, as you're spending time with family and friends, this gift is a gift of God's presence to each one of us. And maybe in these coming days, you will find God's surprising, unexpected showing up in your life. And in these next few days and this season, amidst all the busyness of it, I pray that you too would experience these unexpected gifts of God's presence in your life, that you would become an unexpected gift of God's presence to those around you. Amen. I'm going to invite the music team to come back, and we're going to sing in response to the word of God.